I think everybody kind of goes through little hurdles in life. And I think it's like really your ability to like continue to show up. And that's kind of what defines you as more like a resilient character. But you and I are in a special season of resilience. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to call it depression. We're going to call it a special season. season. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems Podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human being behind Big Kid Problems, Sarah Merrill. Now, I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about entering the adult world, and as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have Big Kid Problems. So each week, we will take a funny yet informative look at a specific big kid problem, break it down with our roundtable panel, then have out an expert to help us solve our problem of the week. From love and relationships, career, money, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problems podcast, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Sarah Merrill. And I am so excited to have you this week because we have a doozy of an episode. Like shit is getting real this week. We're talking about getting up after getting knocked down, aka learning resilience and mental toughness when life just wants to kick you in the dick. Now, this seems like a good topic to cover because everybody knows what it's like to get knocked down. Like we've all been there. We've all had low lows in our life and times when we just want to give up or cry or my personal brand favorite, um, emotionally shut down and watch like 27 hours of Netflix. Like, I don't know if anyone else does that, if that's just me. Okay. Anyway. Um, but here's the thing, like we all get up in different ways. And if you are listening to this episode, like you're already a resilient person. Like you've had shit happen to you and you put on your pants today or skirt, I don't know, like whatever your vibe is at this current moment, but you continue to live your life. And that is awesome. But here's Here's also something that I've learned, especially this year, Uh, but mental toughness is a muscle that can be trained and like a muscle, you have to continue to develop it. Like, all right, shit, I'm just going to use myself as an example here, but this year... I've had a series of knockdowns and rejections and hard times. And the things that used to help me get up, like I realized just like weren't really working for me the way that they used to. And when I'm down, down, like I sometimes like to Google inspirational quotes, you know, don't make fun of me. But I found this one from Robert Schuler, and now it's one of my favorites. He said, tough times don't last, tough people do. And I realized in that quote, like, we can't control the hard shit that comes our way. And spoiler alert, like there's always going to be hard shit that comes our way, but we can control how tough we are in response. And the more tools that we have to be more resilient are exactly what is going to get us through those dark times. So that is what I wanted to accomplish in this episode this week. I want to help us build up that resilient muscle um, that we all have. And to do that, I have on two amazing guests. 
guests. I usually only have on one expert a week, but you guys are kind of getting a twofer here. Uh, We have on Eliza Orleans. She is a two-time Survivor alum and was just on the most recent season of The Amazing Race. Uh, I mean... Holy shit. Like, you want to talk about learning to be tough. Eliza will tell us all about the mental and physical resilience needed to survive on an island with nothing. And like the tools that she used to get through being starved, being sick, being socially ostracized at points during that whole journey. But before we get into Eliza, uh, we're going to kick things off like we always do. And we're going to have on this week, a friend of the show, Paige Barasa. If you've listened to past episodes, you've heard Paige. She's the best. She is a licensed acupuncturist and clinical Ayurvedic specialist, aka she helps people heal in lots of different ways. And she's seen pretty much everything. So stay tuned for that and we will be right back. All right, Paige, thank you for coming back on the show. Friend of the show, Paige Barasa in the house. Dr. Paige Barasa. Ooh, I love the sound of that. Still (laughs) getting used to it. Um, all right. So you're on my square table because it's just actually, I guess it's a round table because Nico's here, Paige's yeah. dog. Yeah. Uh, but we're talking about resilience. And, you know, I think it's interesting when we talk about this because, you know, it's all about the concept of like, we all get fucking knocked down mm-hmm. and we have to get up again. Yes. And our expert's going to be on in a little bit talking about getting back up. But I feel like you and I talking about this is interesting because I, think of you as like a very resilient person. And I think I'm pretty resilient, but like we get fucking knocked down. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody kind of goes through little hurdles in life. And I think it's like really your ability to like continue to show up. And that's kind of what defines you as more like a resilient character. But you and I are in a special season of resilience. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to call it depression. We're going to call it a special season. season. Yeah. Of resilience. Yeah. At church, they always call things you're going through seasons, which I really like. So like, I've just sort of adopted that. And then the other cute thing that they do, which I'm like trying to say without sarcasm these days is like, so my gift was, (laughs) you have to find like a gift out of it. Like what? Like a gem. Like you have to find a nugget that came out of, so like if you're, you know, getting a divorce or whatever, you're like, my gift is... More free time with my friends. Like, you have to find a gift. <laughs> That's going to be it's a, a work in progress. Practice. Yeah. Season was easier. Yeah. But I, I, it's funny. I kind of want to like talk about getting knocked down because it's something like, I mean, we live in like a social media era where everybody just like, everyone looks like they're all doing great. Yeah. Everything's perfect. That's bullshit. It is bullshit. It's total bullshit. And like, it looks different for everybody, but yeah. like, we all go through shit. Totally. Absolutely. And I think like, you know, one of the things that's so detrimental about social media in our society today is that, you know, when we are getting knocked down and we are going through these little seasons of of darkness or, you know, trying to get back up on our feet, the the comparison yes. is excruciating. You yes. Know, knowing that you just went through like the loss of a job or the loss of a family member and you get on social media and, you know, somebody's there with their perfect cookie cutter house, husband ring and two kids and like, you know, dog and just being and like, like Mykonos. Right. And Mykonos, <laughs> yeah, that they've taken all to Mykonos and they're in those like little cave infinity pools and like, oh, just having fresh melon, whatever. So it's, 
it's really hard to like be in those lows and and have that comparison for sure. And I, I dislike those social media for that. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> and it's tough. I mean, like I'm like somebody who likes to keep it pretty real and like I try yeah. to be honest and especially on big kid problems. I mean, I'll talk about depression all day, mm-hmm. but like, or like bad shit all, t- all the time. But on my personal, like we're, we're not going to post that. Right. So I think like that, that's the thing is like you can't, I know it looks like everybody has their shit together online, but like yeah. it's because you physically, like you can't not no. <laughs> do that. No, I know. And it's it's funny to me too that, you know, when I'll, I'll bump into somebody that I haven't seen in a while and they're like, God, man, it looks like you're doing great. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm in shambles right now. <laughs> I'm in shambles. Like I'm eating Cheerios I'm finding on the floor. Like this, this is not a good time in my life. And I'm like, yeah, 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 it's good. It's yeah. Good. You know? But then you almost, it almost like perpetuates the, feeling because you're like, I should be doing good. And right. Not. Right. I mean, I always, <laughs> I have no problem with being like uncomfortable, awkward situations. So I always try and correct them. And I'm like, no, no, I'm actually like going through something really hard right now. <laughs> People are um, like, good to see you. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, okay, I'll catch up in a couple of years or never. <laughs> but I'll usually post like, you know, if I'm going through shit, you'll know because there's a lot more inspo going on. <laughs> you know, so like you can tell in my feed and, and kind of like yours, like your job is to make people feel better and feel happy. Yeah. So like, you're not going to go ahead and post like day three without getting out of bed. This Mm -hmm. is hard. You know, you'll make it funny, but like for you, it's like your audience is coming because they're going through big kid problems. They're leaning on you to be like, it's okay, this is fucked up, but it gets better. Or like, how funny is this? We all go through this. Yeah. So unfortunately, my account too is like not so much the funny side of it, but just like, you know, how can we take these baby steps to feel better? How can I give you health tips, Chinese medicine stuff to make you feel better? So it's like, they don't really want to see our depression. And when I have been openly like transparent about what I'm going through, like it's unfortunate because the DMs that I'll get are like, whoa, man, like that's heavy. Like, are you sure you want to put that out there? And I'm like, thanks. Oh yeah. I remember like a year ago, well, when I was kind of going through this, this tough spot last summer, I had a guy who I'd known for years and he was a patient and um, sort of became like a friend. And, you know, he DM me, he's like, are you sure you should be, you know, venting that kind of thing? It's like, whoa. And I was like, wow. You know, I, all I do all day is dedicate my life to like making people feel better and healing them out of pain. Like, I think I'm allowed to have a moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think honestly, I mean, cause I've, I, I posted something a, a couple of weeks ago and people are still asking me about it where I just like on stories, like I was like, I wanted to share like the reality of business because I feel like I post a lot of stuff about like the wins that I have in business. And it's not like a realistic look. No, Like I get, like, I look at my cat and I'm like, I need to add some reality in here. Yeah. So I think I posted something like, you know, I've gotten, I've gotten several rejections this yeah. week. Like I get rejected all the time. Yeah. And I want to see more of that shit on social media. Like, I think there's a fine line between like, my life sucks oh, and yeah. everything's terrible. But like, I, people appreciated it. You know, like they're That's like, good. I've gotten rejected too. Like we all have our fucking shit. Yeah. And I think it's helpful, you know, to like not always be prime and perfect on social. Totally. I think there is like, to, to your point there, like, there is a fine line between then, you know, there's a ton of people in the wellness field that make my head explode because their whole brand is about like being overly authentic. And it's like, today, they like picture of them crying. Today was a bad day. You know, <laughs> I thought I was fat. And then somebody looked at me and was like, you look chubby. And then I went and ate like four point pints of ice cream. Like, look, if you're having that all of the time, try and like 
Reel it in. Reel it in a bit, you know? And just like share what's comfortable for you, but don't don't do it for attention. Yeah. You know? That that I don't appreciate. I know. Yeah. I mean, I I can't stand that shit. No. There's definitely a fine line. Yeah. Definitely a fine line. It's not brave to overshare. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I I do kind of want to talk a little bit more about like the act, because I think it is important to know that other people, you know, we get knocked down. You might not always see it, but it happens. Like for you, I know you mentioned you're kind of like going through some shit right now. I am too. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that look like for you? Like physically, mentally, like when you're like really fucking getting pummeled. Yeah. yeah. So, so what's interesting, and we were kind of like visiting this earlier, but you know, is that resilience and and pitfalls kind of show up differently in everybody's life. So for, you know, you, you kind of look at little chunks of your life and see, okay, how how is that for me and how did I recover? But for me personally, life, God, the universe, whoever loves to violently and tremendously rip things out of my life <laughs> suddenly or create an upheaval like a volcano. So nothing ever happens subtly to me. So in the last, I would say nine months, almost 10 months now, I've had a serious breakup that feels more like a divorce. It was like a three-year relationship. We thought we were on track to, you know, the whole nuclear family thing. Found out that we, you know, lost around, you know, upwards of a lot of thousands of dollars of potential (laughs) revenue. Lots of shit. Yeah, like a ton of shit. So it was just like pretty much like every two weeks, there was another like, and so, you know, having to constantly kind of get back on the horse and and work through that has been an absolute, you know, learning. Yeah. uh, It's tiring too. Yeah, man, you get tired of being knocked down. I feel like I'm in the ring with Mike Tyson. No, like in his prime, not now when he like loves pigeons and stuff, but that would be the dream. (laughs) That's my personal favorite Mike Tyson. My my favorite Mike Tyson (laughs) is also the pigeon loving Mike Tyson. The the chubby pigeon loving Mike Tyson. So cute. Yeah. So I mean, wholesome wholesome Mike Tyson. Yeah. So, you know, it, it does to me right now, it feels like I'm constantly getting knocked down, but. But you uh, get up again. Yeah, I do. They're never going to keep you down. No. And they won't. I just made that up. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Do you want to sing it? I feel like there's a tune coming on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I actually looked into including music on this podcast and it's you like, can. you can't. Yeah, no, I yeah. know. You have to pay like a million So much dollars. rights. But you guys, money. in your mind, you know what we're talking Never about. Gonna, no, 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 no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. Do, we just, do we have to pay for that? Yeah, that'll be $30,000. $18,000. Yeah. Great, great, great. Um, so, you know, yeah, it feels to me a lot like I'm in a boxing ring, but I think that you know what's interesting is I was uh, reading a study on resilience and and um, Auschwitz survivors, and this is Ooh. this is incredible. So they did a, a study on like kind of like who survived the camps and and why, and what they found was a couple of common threads. So there were there were a couple of things. One was that they had an ability to have a sense of humor. So even if it was a dark sense of humor, that there was a commonality in a sense of humor in the people who are most resilient. Hmm. The ability to find some sort of light in the situation, find some sort of humor in whatever it was, you know? The second thing was, and I loved this, was the ability to attract and have attachments to others. So no matter what you were going through, if you lost your family, if you lost everybody you knew, the ability to still keep your heart open and, you know, be around other survivors and find a commonality and find an attachment. You know, and I think that really speaks to our ability today to ask for help. 
Mm-hmm. And it is something that we are so in society ingrained not to do because you got to get up, you got to hustle, you got to isolate, you got to fight, 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 fight. And it's like, no, actually, you have to keep your heart open and you have to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Find a connection. That's another thing. I mean, not to get back to the social media thing, but I almost feel like there's like the shame now mm-hmm. with failures mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you don't see failures that no. often. I mean, you're always like, you're always looking at social and just seeing like wins and great things and positive things. So yeah. when you're going through your own shit, your own set of failures or whatever it is, you have this like extra shame because you're like, I'm the only one that's going through this. And yeah. Like, not. No, totally. Totally. And and I think that that's, you know, something that we need to definitely break. I don't know how we're going to do that. besides throwing our phone in the ocean, but, um, <laughs> but it's something that we need to like, you know, it's meant to, social media is meant to like give us more of a community yet here we are feeling more isolated than ever. Mm. You know, yeah. um, and then the third thing, and this is this is something I also really loved, is the ability to take a step back and protect their mental space. Hmm. So this was especially useful in periods of torture or when they were undergoing like abuse. Is that the people who are most resilient were the ones that were able to take a step back? And I mean, dare I use the word meditate? Because I know that's a trigger for you. <laughs> But like protect your mental space, have a little bit of time mentally when they could step away and be like, take inventory, kind of assess the situation and just calm their mental state down. So mm-hmm. those were some of the things. And, and they, they were saying in the study that, you know, they um, usually if they had two of the three, they were pretty good, you know, at getting through the torture and getting through all of the horrific things that happened. But if they had three of the three, they really like turned out the other side. And these are the people of the survivors that you hear about. You know, there was that woman that we we heard about that was a that was 98 and that was interviewed and she like played piano every day or sung to her son or she she found ways to make every day Amazing. Yeah. So those were, that was pretty interesting, I found. Yeah, totally. Mind-blowing. I mean, it kind of puts things into perspective, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like sad because like someone wrote a nasty comment. Yeah. And said I wasn't funny. Right. Which is like (laughs) so not true because I would love to see their sense of humor. P.S. I will find you. (laughs) I would find you. So, so yeah. So I feel like resilience comes in different, in different ways. And Sarah, for you, like... I know that it doesn't, it, it being knocked down takes a totally different form. Like, tell me about like how it feels for you. So uh, yeah, mine's different. Like, I feel like you're getting pummeled. Yeah. But like my getting knocked down is just really like, it has been like the stagnant, like I can't really like break through on things. Like I'm trying yeah. so hard. I'm like treading water almost yeah. like for like what feels like months, almost a year. Mm-hmm. I'm just treading water. And I'm like, when is this going to end? Yeah. When is this over? Totally. So I I think that is actually a good point that you brought up. Like getting knocked down looks different for everybody, but it does happen like Mm -hmm. to all of us. I'd like to find one person who hasn't been like knocked the fuck down. Yeah. And what's actually interesting kind of from like a um, historical or anthropological standpoint is that like our brains don't really know the difference in stress between like having a tiger chase you and then also like having a deadline move for work. So whether (laughs) you are really stressed out and feel like you got knocked down because your barista forgot your order three days in a row or like, you know, you just lost your job. If depending on the person, that might feel the same. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so you can, it's not something again that you can like compare with a yardstick. And I've been on, you know, around so many women and I'm sure you have too, or so many people where you're like, fuck, like, you know, I just lost a hundred grand or I just lost this. And somebody else is like, yeah, this guy literally has not texted me back. (laughs) And you're like, okay, fucker. Like, you know, (laughs) it feels a little different. Right. But like to that person, it might not. Yeah, exactly. 
Don't judge everybody's anybody else's knockdowns is basically right. what I'm getting at. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not fair. <laughs> so how are you kind of coping with like your knockdown? throw an s on that yeah yeah. how many s's do we have are they free um so the i think the thing that i am learning and because life is learning and there's no absolute you know time where you have this all buttoned up and tied up with a bow is that i'm starting to look at it more like when it happens i I kind of allow myself like a little time out. I allow, allow myself a couple of minutes to take some breathers and, you know, feel the feelings and let it kind of flow through me. And then instead of taking the attitude of why is this happening to me, hmm. which is so our knee-jerk reaction as humans, why me? Why is this happening to me? What have I done? Taking all the onus on you. I've started to look at this more like, what is this teaching me? What do you want me to learn from this? And I have an open dialogue with the universe slash God slash whatever you are comfortable calling it, him, him, her, whatever. Yeah. Um, In one of our other episodes, Biet Simkin called it like the soul, just like whatever it is that's like in you. Oh, I love that. Yeah. But continue just for anybody who's like, doesn't doesn't feel or feels weird about saying like the universe or God. Yeah, or it's interesting because God's really triggering for some people. The universe is really triggering. So so whatever, whatever Alibaba, it is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. But I have a pretty open dialogue, and so you know, once I've kind of taken a hit, I'll step back and go, okay, you clearly didn't want me to have this, or you clearly you know didn't think this was a good path. So now show me and I'm not going to fight this. Okay. There are times to fight, but then when you're getting clear nose and you're like uh, after the 12th round bloodied on the floor, like it's time not to push anymore. Hmm. It's time to accept. Yeah. Why didn't this work? What else am I not seeing? What am I learning from this? And even though there are upsets personally in my business relationship, you know, destiny, life. I mean, I'm moving out a month early. Now I'm homeless. <laughs> like, Just a few punches. Yeah. Like I'm literally in every category of my life, I would say there's upheaval and uncertainty to a 10 out of 10 degree. I will not succumb to the overwhelming urge that I have and humanity does to say, why me? I fucked this up. I'm unworthy. This is happening to me. I will not let myself go into negative mental patterns Mm. of this is my fault. I don't deserve this. This is happening to me and let those like thought patterns take over. I won't let anxiety get the best of me. I won't let depression get the best of me because you know what? You have control over it. Mm. And it's that's when it wins. Yeah. The poor me is when it wins. And I won't. I won't write off all men because I haven't had a, you know, relationship that ended in marriage thus far. Like I won't write off all people just because they complain at me all day. Like there's there's just no part of me that believes that a negative mental attitude and and thinking this is happening to me is the way out of it. Yeah. So I don't have the answer, but I will tell you getting up every day and just like thinking it, the soul, whatever for, you know, putting me here and teaching me. Because there's no way in my head that like things get so violently ripped away without another way showing up. It's just not happening. I love it. I mean, that is like the definition of resilience right there. Just fucking getting up. Yeah. Doing it all over again. And then, but like keeping a positive 
trying, doing your best, doing all the things that you can do. To yeah. Up, like, and being going. realistic, you know, it's not, it's not getting up in denial and being like, you know what though? Today will be better. Today <laughs> will be better. You know, it's like, okay, that sucked yesterday, but like, what are we learning and how are we going to do it a little different? Yeah. You know? And then when I'm really, I've had a couple of times, like in the past couple of weeks um, with some personal stuff that went awry uh, that I was feeling, especially like, I don't, fucking think I want to do this anymore. Not like suicide, but like I want to go like live in Taipei and just change my name and shave my head. Oh, I have those all the time. Right? Yeah. Mine's not Taipei though. I'm going to go to like... Mine's New Zealand for real. Oh. (laughs) Do you want to come? I know. Looking at Airbnbs, no joke. (laughs) But seriously. (laughs) Back to how we don't run away. Right? How we run away a little bit? <laughs> so like you can look at the Airbnbs in New Zealand, but just like don't do it. You yeah. have to like try it through. Sure. But like, yeah, when it's been really, really tough and I've been like, okay, I want to give up. Like I think I can pretty much just like escape life right now and go live in the woods like a hermit. One thing that's really helped me is is actually like thinking about our grandparents. And I had this thought like a couple weeks ago. What did your grandfather do when he was like trying to get out of Berlin or like, or your grandparents? What did they do? What did my grandfather do when he came back from the war? There were no jobs and he had like three kids that were like all under the age of four. Do you think that he sat in bed and journaled his gratitude? No, he put on his pants one leg at a time and he went and found work. So allow yourself some time to heal, ask the universe or whoever you want to you know, what this is trying to teach you, but then also like develop a little mental toughness. Mm-hmm. Get through it. Yeah. You know, that's actually a really good, yeah, that's so important. And I'm excited because our expert that's going to come on is like, is going to, that's like a good segue into it because she's going to talk all about like developing that like physical mental toughness. Like I feel like we really touched on like the emotional yes. side and then She's been on like, you know, Survivor and she's been in these extreme situations where she's been like starved for like 30 days at a time and like what the physical and mental side of that looks like of actually standing up and being resilient. So I think we're going to jump into that. But Paige, thank you so much for coming on. And and you know what? Like, I hope your Mike Tyson goes from punching you in the face to pigeon Pigeon Mike Tyson. Pigeon Mike Tyson. (laughs) Pigeon Mike Tyson and I are going to move to New Zealand. (laughs) Stay tuned. Stick around and we will be right back with our expert of the week. So we know to be the toughest version of ourselves, we have to take care of our bodies, right? That's why I like to add some extra vitamins and nutrients into my routine with Hum Nutrition. Each specific supplement pack from Hum Nutrition offers a combo of all natural ingredients designed with specific aims. So for example, you can choose a vitamin pack to help with clearer skin or boosted energy or better sleep or fuller hair. I mean, there are so many great options on their website. I wanted to try all of them. Um, and if you're not sure what you need, no problem. Right now, you can take a little quick online quiz to get personalized recommendations uh, from a registered dietitian. And like, who doesn't love an online quiz? Um, honestly, if you can take a 45-minute BuzzFeed quiz to figure out which Spice Girl you would be, I mean, you can do this. Uh, and your body, well, thank you. So to take that quiz, just head to humnutrition.com and you'll get 20% off your vitamin pack with code BIGKID at checkout. That is an exclusive offer for our audience. Take advantage, you guys. They have convenient money-saving monthly plans that will ship right to your door. How easy is that? Again, just head to humnutrition.com and take 20% off with code BIGKID. 
Before we jump back into the episode, let's talk about shrooms real quick. I'm talking, of course, about mushroom-based beverages from Four Sigmatic. Drinking functional mushrooms has a ton of health benefits, you guys, and my very health-conscious boo turned me on to them a few years ago. Each antioxidant-dense sip benefits immunity, energy, longevity, and just overall health. And I know drinking mushrooms might sound weird, but it doesn't actually taste like mushrooms. And there are just so many health benefits that it's definitely worth it. Let's take the mushroom coffee with lion's mane, for example. It is real coffee made with 100% organic Arabica beans, but contains only about half the caffeine of a regular cup of coffee. And functional mushrooms have been known to support the adrenal glands, so that makes a big difference for anyone who wants the productivity of coffee without the like jittery side effects that can lead to stress. And I don't know about you guys, but my stress already has stress, so I need all the help I can get. Oh, and many of Four Sigmatic's teas, coffees, and hot chocolates come in these handy little packets, so they are super easy to make. You just mix them with hot water, and they are also really easy and great to travel with. I keep one in my bag, and like I would bring them to offices and stuff like that if they have like crappy-ass like office coffee. I just bring my own. So if you want to try Four Sigmatic, I have a special offer just for our listeners. Head over to foursigmatic.com slash bigkid, or just use that discount code bigkid at checkout for 15% off your next order. Again, that is foursigmatic.com slash bigkid. I'm also going to link that in show notes, make it real nice and easy for you, or just use that code bigkid at checkout. All right. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I am here now with Eliza Orlands. She is a public defender and has been on Survivor two times, one on a regular season, and then you were on the fan favorites. Is that right? Amazing. And then you're on the new season of Amazing Race. I am. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thanks for coming on. You, I mean, I am so excited to have you here to talk about resilience because holy shit, have you had to be very resilient on all of those shows? That is true. This is definitely a thing that I contend with on a daily basis and that I dealt with on Survivor and The Amazing Race. I can't even imagine. And we're, we're talking about resilience today because I feel like being an adult or when you're becoming an adult or whatever you want to say that you are, you just have to put up with shit that you don't want to do on a daily basis. You know, like you have to power through there's so many things that you're going to have that, that face to you. There's so many challenges that come up. And really, like, learning how to build resilience is going to be a huge thing that I think will help you, you know, as you progress through life. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's probably one of the most important things that you deal with because you're going to get knocked down in life. It's just going to happen. There's no one who just sails through life, you know, floating on cloud nine all the time. So inevitably, bad stuff is going to happen, and you have to figure out ways to deal with it and to come back from it. Yeah. So that's why I'm so excited to have you on. And before we even jump into like some of the tactics you use or have used to get you through some of these like, like just crazy circumstances that you faced, tell us a little bit about your experience on Survivor. Cause it's um, wild. Definitely. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, you know, on Survivor, you are literally starving. You're eating off the land, whatever you can find. So we were eating coconuts or these root vegetables. Maybe we would pick snails off of a rock or catch a hermit crab and eat it, but you're splitting it among everyone. You're eating like a few hundred calories a day and you're trying to survive out there among the elements. You're sleeping on the ground. 
it, you're cold, you're miserable, you're starving. And not to mention people are trying to vote you out every day. So <laughs> it's super tough. You're also being asked to compete in these very physical challenges or mental challenges that require focus. And you're not eating, you're not sleeping, you're stressed. So Survivor was definitely an exercise in resilience. It's so wild because I mean I watched the show and you see you you see somebody like going doing the challenges like you just mentioned the mental and physical challenges. I don't think I put two and two together like how how hard those things must be when you're like surviving off of nothing. It's completely adrenaline. I mean, there was a challenge where you had to run out from the beach, run across a beam, go across an outrigger, dive out to a platform, dive down, retrieve a flag from 10 feet, 15 feet, 20 feet. And and so you had to do this three times and bring it back and hook the challenge, like hook the flag back at the beach. And the winner of that challenge won a car. <laughs> and I mean, just looking at the challenge, I was probably, you know, you would under, eat like a snail. I was a hundred pounds. <laughs> at the, I was, you know, bones. And it was so physically exhausting. At one point when I dive down for one of the flags, I come back up and I'm like, <gasps> like gasping for air. Like I look like I'm actually drowning and you just keep powering through. It's just adrenaline. Like put one foot in front of the other, just keep going, keep going, keep going. And a lot of like motivating yourself. You can do this. You can do this. And I actually won that challenge. Yeah. So you won the car. I won the car. Hell yeah. What kind yeah. of car was it? It was a Pontiac G6. Nice. Like Do you still G6. have it? Yeah. No, it's not that G6. Um, <laughs> um, it's a different kind. Um, no, I don't have that car. I'll still take that G6. Yeah, exactly. I'll take any G6. Exactly. Yeah. Me too. Um, that's wild. Wait, so you were 100 pounds of this. How much weight do you think you lost? Like, you've been on this twice. Oh, yeah. How, how much did you lose? I lost like 20 pounds. And you are tiny. Yeah. You well, are a tiny human. It, I was bones. I mean, my like the bones in my back were like sticking out. I looked like not good. Oh my God. And other people, I mean, you handled it clearly pretty well. You made it very far on that first season. I did. I made it 37 out of 39 days, voted off at the final four. Spoiler alert, but it aired in 2004. So (laughs) I hope you've all seen it by now. Yeah. Um, Wait, how long did you make it on the second season? Or second Uh, time you were on it? That was 20... Four days, I think. Twenty, yeah, twenty-four days out of thirty-nine days. So okay. not quite as far. Did you see a lot of other people like cracking under the pressure? Absolutely. There were people who like effectively quit on my season. Um, one person who who truly quit. She was like, "I can't do this anymore. Get me out of here. Send a boat. I'm done." Um, that would be me. Like and, day one and yeah. a half. <laughs> it's really tough. They'd be people, like, "Where's my yeah. hot shower?" Yeah, I love a hot shower. Hot shower. Forget it. Where's my toothbrush? Where's my toilet paper? I mean. A hot shower. That's like, I would have not prioritized that in the top 20 things I wanted. insane. But that's why you're here because you're going to teach us like how to be resilient in these things, you know? Like, holy shit. Absolutely. Um, Okay, wait, I have have a couple more survivor questions. I'm so curious. Um, What was like the hardest thing that you pushed through? So on my second season about, I would say, I don't know, it was like less than two weeks into the game, but I developed a like infection of some sort, like kind of like a virus or whatever it was. And um, my tonsils were the size of golf balls. I had 104 fever. I mean, that is unpleasant if you are at home, in your comfortable home, on your couch with people taking care of you with all the fluids and, and food and medicine you need. But it's even harder when you're out on the island with people who are mad at you that you're sick because they're like, damn it, we should have voted you off. Like, you're not going to be helpful in challenges. And they're being mean to you. And (sighs) you feel like dying. And, um, you know, I didn't find out till afterwards, but they were basically getting ready to pull me out of the game because my fever lasted three days. And apparently that's very dangerous. Yeah. And so, you know, they were like, 
but quitting didn't even cross my mind. I mean, no matter, I was like, you will have to carry me off this island in a body bag. Like, I will not ever quit this game. I love Survivor. I was a huge fan of the show. You know, I would have pushed through anything to, to get to be there and have that opportunity to compete for a million dollars and to get to experience it. So um, that was definitely the lowest moment, being that sick and like feeling like I was never going to get better. And everyone was trying to vote me out and it was miserable. And I just kind of like walked away from everyone because you don't want to show weakness. And I just went to like this back area, other beach area, and I just cried. <laughs> oh my God. And wait, so what happened? Did you like start getting better? And then finally my fever broke on like the third day, my fever broke. Did you have any medicine or anything? They did. They gave yeah. me um, um, antibiotics. They, they gave me an injection of it in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they... Finally, the fever broke and I was just like pouring sweat. And I was like, oh, thank God, you know, now I'm better. Wow. Yeah. And how much longer were you on after that? Um, maybe another 10 days or something. Yeah. Wow. I get like a cough and I'm like, really? I'm done. everything. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I kind of want to get into like how the hell you are so resilient. Like, do you think this is a natural thing? Like you're just born with this or do you think it's like almost something that you can learn or that anybody can kind of like build? So I think that, um, I mean, I deal with being resilient a lot in my day-to-day job too. As a public defender in New York, I mean, constantly we are, I'm fighting for the underdogs. Like my clients have no one else in the world fighting for them often except me and yeah, everything real, is real stacked quick, against us. Real quick, because we all know you from Survivor, an amazing race, but you have an incredible day job. Yes. That's like insane. Real quick, tell, tell us about that. Yeah, exactly. So as a public defender, I represent people who get arrested in Manhattan who can't afford to hire an attorney. You know, you've all heard like, you have the right to remain silent, you have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be provided for you. Well, that's me. So (laughs) I represent people accused of all sorts of crimes from like really minor offenses up through like the most serious crimes. And, um, it's a tough job. It's really difficult. You know, I'm meeting people in like these very low moments of their lives and I'm having to deliver bad news and the judges are against us and the prosecutors are against us and the court staff and the police. And it's a tough job and everything feels like I'm, you know, you're getting piled on. So I think I, I've developed some, some tools to help me be resilient you know, that, that helped me on Survivor, but also helped me in my, in my job. It helped me, you know, yeah. And then on The Amazing Race as well. So yeah. Yeah. But I think that resilience is, I do think some people are kind of born with an innate ability to get knocked down and get back up. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's kind of, um, you know, we talked about it as like a muscle that you can flex and the, the the kind of the more coping mechanisms you have, the, the, better you can deal with it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you're being faced with something that you don't want to do. Like walk us through, like, what is your process of like powering through? God, it's hard to think about like what I actually do in the moment, but I do think in my life, I try to have all these different, you know, coping mechanisms or tips for, for being a resilient person. You know, I think I have, uh, an amazing community. I have like very supportive friends and family and a partner who who supports me. So I think I lean on my community. And I think that that's a really important way to, you know, be able to, to kind of come back from hardships to overcome tough times. Having that support system. Definitely. Totally. And when you're, when you're being faced with something like what, what's some of the, like, I know we were talking earlier and you mentioned like kind of taking everything as like a learning like approaching it. I feel like your approach is really interesting. Yeah. I think that coping with hardship and, and difficulties in your day-to-day life, it's, 
you know, you can't change the past. So trying to like just dwell on, on tough stuff that's happened in the past is not very useful. But if you look at it and you say, what can I do better next time? How can I learn from this? How did this impact me in a way that I can use that in the future? And you kind of try to look towards the future instead of dwelling on the past. I think that that's kind of what I do to try to move forward from, from tough things. Yeah. And that, that is, I mean, that's an incredible way to look at things because I think, especially if you're, if you're faced with something you just don't want to do and everything in you is like, uh, can I just not? But you're saying like, you're coming at it as like, what can I learn from this? Like you're almost pulling power away from the thing that would drain most people, you right, know? Right. And you, and you try to, yeah, look at everything as a learning experience. You say, even if I go through this thing that's, that I know is going to be unpleasant, that I know is going to suck. Like, yeah. Even if it's going to be awful, what am I going to take out of this experience? How am I going to learn from it? How can I grow from it? What can I, you know, extract from this to like make me better in the future? You know what? Like example, I just thought of in what? my head, <laughs> and this is not from personal experience. I'm just saying in general, like I was trying to think of things like where that would apply and like, you know, like going and spending time with your (laughs) in-laws, like instead of just dreading it, like, what can I learn from this? Like what, what like patience and like other things am I going to get out of this? Exactly. I kind of thought about that because like when I would go on really bad dates back when I was single and I would get to the date and you know, within five minutes, if you like the person, like one and and a half minutes, you're like, you know, 90 seconds. You're like, oh my God, I I can't stand this person. I don't want to be at this meal or this drinks or whatever, but I'm going to sit through it for an hour. And I'd always be like, let me look at this and see like every person is still an interesting, complex human being. Let me see what I can learn from this person. And like, maybe they have a tip about like a great restaurant that I've never tried, or maybe they know (sighs) something about some very interesting, like, what do they do? Like, what, what are their passions? And maybe I can learn something from this person. And so I tried to even use bad dates as like a learning experience. That's awesome. Yeah. I actually love that so much. And you're so true. Like they, you, there's a reason why you like the planet or the universe has put you guys together in that moment. And like <laughs> being able to extract like the positive out of it, I think is Great. Oh, I love, I love that example. Yeah. And I don't even necessarily believe that like the universe put us together, but I still am like, okay, well I'm in this situation now. How can I come out of it with something positive? Yeah. And to that point, I mean, I know we were talking a little bit earlier and you mentioned that like finding meaning in what you're doing is also like a big thing that helps you power through. Definitely. You know, I think that I feel really lucky that I have a job that I get to wake up every day and go do work that I think is really important. Yeah. I'm like doing something meaningful and important and it gives me a sense of purpose. And I feel, you know, accomplished for, for getting to do the things that I do. And that doesn't necessarily have mean that you should be like going out and saving the world. I mean, it's just waking up every day and feeling like you have a purpose. You set goals. You're like, this is a thing that I want to accomplish. Here's how I'm going to do it. And, and so I, I think that, yes, finding meaning in what you're, what you're doing does make it, like, even when you're going through really hard things, it makes it easier to cope with. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I think that's, like, an important thing for anybody, a good exercise for anybody who is, like, maybe you don't like your job. Maybe you don't like you know, another situation, but like finding meaning out of it and being able to at least like figure out a purpose, I think is like such a good thing. Yeah. And I'm trying to think too, like, I mean, even with like running big kid problems, like one of the turning points for me was like finding purpose in that. Like I was like, yeah, I'm putting up like little silly memes every day. But like when I actually thought about like my purpose behind it, like I was actually like making people like laugh about like some 
struggles that they're going exactly. through. Exactly. And it makes people feel less alone. And people are like, oh, I'm not the only one who's struggling with this. I'm not the only one who like forgets to pay my bills and then my electricity gets turned off. Yeah. Or like, you know, <laughs> any of the other hilarious things you post about. Yeah, exactly. So finding purpose, I think, is like an awesome, an awesome tool. You know what? When you when you do finally push through something you really, really don't want to do, do you like do you celebrate your wins? Absolutely. I think it's so important to like recognize and celebrate the things that you accomplish because otherwise if it's just a shrug, you know, oh, okay, well now I did it now on to the next thing. And and you don't really like take the time to celebrate what you've accomplished that it's harder to push through the next thing. You know, you have to give yourself permission to celebrate how great it is that you just did something that either maybe you did it successfully or maybe you didn't, but you got through it and it was something you didn't want to do. And it was something that was really challenging and really miserable and you still pushed through it. And like, you should be proud of yourself and like take time to celebrate your wins. Mm-hmm. I think anybody listening, like digest that for a second, you know, cause I, I'm so guilty of this, of like accomplishing something and then just being like, okay, what's next? Right. And I think we all do that. We're like, okay, now I got through this thing. What's the next thing I have to do? And I think it's like, if you take time to really celebrate having done a thing, even if it's something like silly and little, like I was saying, getting your electricity turned off. If you're a person who like struggles with bill paying and you're like, wow, I got all my bills paid on time this month. And I was so organized about it. And I'm really proud of that. Like take a moment to appreciate that you did that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so, that's so accurate. And it's funny um, I like to give myself little treats. Oh yeah? <laughs> yeah. What do you give yourself? But I mean like really like lame little treats. Like after, I mean like even getting this podcast like together, I mean, this is like a process of like six months into like getting it from concept to like actually interviewing people to like editing it, doing production, all these things. It was so much work. And then when I finally launched it, I was like, I'm going to get myself like a cool manicure. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. Whatever yeah. your treat is. I know that's like, that, that like leads into one of my other tips, which is like, you know, self-care. Like you have to take care of yourself and whether it's a treat as a reward or just like, you know, just being mindful of, of how hard and stressful life is and, and some of the things you go through, you know, whether it's doing physical activities you like and keeping your, you know, your body healthy and eating healthy and, but self-care, manicures, massages, like, meditation, yoga, whatever it is that's for you as a person, but making sure that you do take care of yourself because the you're not going to be able to be resilient if you're this shell of a human who who just kind of goes from one thing to the next, like to the next as like a robot. And, you know, eventually you're going to like get knocked down and it's going to be too hard to, to cope if you don't have these kind of tools for self-care. Yeah. So you're saying like, no matter what is going on in life, like even if you have to face challenges or not, like you should just be consistently taking care of yourself. Absolutely. I think that's true. And then like, if, you, if you're if you not taking care of yourself or if you're, you know, do, not in a great space, when those things come and hit you in the face, because like they will, <laughs> like we all know. Absolutely. They will, they could come out of nowhere. Of if you're not like operating at your optimum right. level, like it's just going to, be a lot harder. Right. So I kind of want to like, what do you do for self-care? Because I feel like this has been like a journey for me because you always hear like health and wellness being like meditate for like eight I know. hours. Meditation a day. is not for me. I'm I've tried many times and it's it's just not something I'm really very able to do. Yeah. But I I find that like my uh my exercise, like my workout routine is really 
like my biggest way of caring for myself. And I find that I'll leave like a 45 minute flywheel class and I'm in the best mood ever. Even yeah. if it's been an awful day and I like was rushing to get to class and I was like, oh, I should have canceled because I have to do all these other things. I'll go to my spin class and I will walk out feeling like so great. I'll feel like I pushed myself. I'll feel better. It like releases endorphins. Mm-hmm. And I like, I just love going to like my workouts. So I try to get to the, you know, the gym or, or a workout class like five days a week wow. um, because it really makes me happy. Yeah. I think that's so important. And then like finding what works for you. Like I've tried so many things in self-care and yes, getting a colorful manicure helps. <laughs> yeah. But like there's other things too. Like, you know, like you can like read a fiction book. That's what I do too. I love to read. It's like a total escape, like reading a fun book and you just get to dive into a book. Also, sometimes watching shitty reality TV is self-care. Like I don't want to go home and like watch a documentary about like, you know, injustices in the world. I deal with them every day. Like it's not fun to go home and like watch making a murderer. Like I really struggled to get through it because I was like, oh my God, it's just like, this is what I deal with. Yeah. But going home and watching Bachelor in Paradise is my favorite, favorite thing. (laughs) (laughs) Bachelor in Paradise is your guilty pleasure. Oh my God, totally. I'm like a regular Bachelor. Love the Bachelor. But one that's really helped me too, I'm just trying to give people examples because if you haven't found the thing that helps you, I love like journaling has been like a new thing. Oh yeah. Where like literally like you just have to write three pages and it doesn't matter if you take a pen and write blah, blah, blah on the paper. Like just like the act of writing out three pages. And then what ends up happening is you end up just like writing out thoughts that are coming into your head. Right. It's just like stream of consciousness. Stream of consciousness. That's great. I love that. I mean, like make a playlist, like watch right. bad TV. Yeah. Walk a dog, whatever it is that you find pleasure. Also, from. you know, I have some friends who like use the, like an app, like a meditation app and they sit there and listen for five minutes to a guided meditation and that's and that helps them and that's amazing you know like it's just take the time to do something that like rejuvenates you yes so then when those things that come up pop up in life that are super hard come you're at least like built up strong exactly you're better equipped to to deal with it awesome okay back to being resilient because it's not easy you know have you ever faced a moment where, I mean, you mentioned you were sick, but like that you were just really, really shutting down and like, what, what made you like, what are some other things that like help you just like push through the bullshit? You know, I think, I think I'm really lucky. I think that I'm someone who has kind of a built-in sense of optimism that I truly believe that, you know, things are like, if things are bad, that they're going to get better. Mm -hmm. Or if things are, you know, tough that, you know, just around the corner is the next good thing, or maybe this case will turn out differently, or maybe tomorrow on Survivor, we're going to win cheeseburgers. Like, I'm so hungry, but like, maybe tomorrow is the day, you know? And and so just having kind of remaining hopeful, I think is, is something that a lot of people struggle with, but that is so important to just try to keep in mind that, you know, Whatever, what are those sayings, you know, that like sun comes after the rain or like yeah. whatever, you know, I mean, I know they're like these cliches, but, but truly that, you know, not if, if we never had lows, like we would never have highs. And, and so just kind of thinking about the, the high that will come after. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I think that's actually like very helpful. And like, 
you're talking a little bit about this, you know, just to kind of like start to wrap things up, but I know you mentioned like you are a resilient person and you have obviously done so much of this and this work and like you, you feel like it kind of like comes from within, but you also mentioned like you understand that some people might not be as resilient as you and that like there are other resources that you can utilize. Definitely. I mean, I think that it's really important to know that, you know, not all people are born with the ability to just take blows and get back up from them. And sometimes people do need to seek professional advice. I mean, whether that be like from a medical professional or a therapist or a life coach or somebody where like, if you feel like you don't know where to start or you're really struggling to to get back up, like there's no shame in trying to like improve your, your well-being and your resilience by, by getting advice from someone else. And I think that like more people should do that. That's like a form of self-care. That's also something that people kind of don't think about in terms of like, oh, my mental well-being is just as important yeah. as anything else in my life. And I have to like take care of myself. Yeah. And you don't have to do it alone. Right. I love that. I think, uh, I mean, that's something I'm I'm learning too is because since starting like my own business, it's funny, um, like- when I had a job, I hated having a boss, you know, like I hated having somebody that like told me what to do, how to do it when it needed to be done by. I'm just like that kind of person that I like to be independent. And like, now that I'm working for myself, I'm like, I am overwhelmed. <laughs> yes, it's so overwhelming. And I like, now I, I pay a coach to tell me what to do when I need to do it and like how to do it. Like literally. You, you didn't want a boss and you're like, yes, can somebody please boss me now I'm like I'm going to need some bosses. I'm paying for like a boss. It's ridiculous. But I do think that that's important. Like if you are having trouble, you know, uh, getting back up or having trouble being resilient or like following through, like using other resources. I think that's like awesome. Definitely. And I think some people you know, the way that I think I was born with optimism potentially is like some people are born with a chemical imbalance and it's not their fault. Like, I don't want people to feel like, oh, like Eliza gets out of bed every day. Like, how come I can't, you know, sometimes it takes more and like talking to a psychotherapist and getting medication and, and that can like change lives in like a really major way and has for many of my friends. Mm. So definitely there's no shame in that. Okay. You've, you've given us so many tips. I'm so glad. It's yeah. been really fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and teaching us how to be more resilient. I hope so. And yeah. And you know, you can, you can watch me if you, if you're really feeling bad, you can just go watch me fail spectacularly and like lose one reality show after another, after another. <laughs> um, before we go, cause I feel like, I mean, I almost want to keep you here and just ask you so many questions about like survivor and amazing race. And like, it's just so cool. Cause I, I mean, like we're friends outside of this, like I've heard you tell stories about this. Definitely. Can you, can you maybe give us like one more, one more story or like one more example where you oh had to be gosh. super resilient? Cause these are just so fun. First of all, what was your favorite of the three? I think my favorite was probably the first one. You know, it's like, I, so I like talk about goal setting when I, when Survivor first aired, I was 16 years old and I watched the first season and I was like, I have to be on that show. I was like, I will be on that show. And I put in my, I mean, I don't know if your listeners are too young to know what this is, but AOL Instant Messenger <laughs> was a thing. And we, we just all the cool kids, the audience. all the cool kids had AIM and it was like, we, we actually messaged each other and you had like a little bio. It's kind of like your Instagram bio, but it was like, you know, you just put it in your AOL Instant Messenger bio and it said future Survivor 9 contestant because oh. I calculated that the first season I would be eligible to apply for would be Survivor 9. It was like almost five years into the series because I turned 21. I 
had that in my freaking instant messenger bio. And then I ended up getting cast on Survivor season nine. I sent in my application video right after I turned I just 21. Got Look at you. I just I know. But that is such like a cool example of like manifest. You fucking manifest. I know. It was shit. before I even knew what manifestation was, but I put it out there and I set a goal and I worked hard to, to achieve it. And I kind of kept my focus on it. And um, we, so what was like the prop? Sorry, I'm like, what was the process like? So to get on? I, I filmed an audition video. I was in college. I filmed on the front porch of my sorority house in Syracuse and um, sent it in on a VHS tape. Nobody knows what that is, right? Now we Nobody. just lost the other half. Of the audience. <laughs> and um, and then they called me back for semifinal interviews. Called me for finals. Did tons of like psych testing, IQ tests, speaking with doctors, meeting with producers, and then they cast me. That's and so it was amazing. wild. Yeah. And it was my favorite because it was like something I had dreamed of. It was like my kind of like goal coming to like realization. And I was out there just being like, I can't believe I'm on Survivor, you know, and, and I want a car and I want a family visit. My mom got to come out and it was just like so incredible wow. and magical. So awesome. And miserable though. Also miserable. <laughs> yeah. What do you think was like the worst, the most miserable part of it? Was it the eating or? I mean, you were, yeah, I think like being starving, there's something just, everyone's like, oh, but eventually don't you get used to just only eating like a few hundred calories a day? But you really never do. I would like dream about food. We spent hours of our day. This is all like footage on the cutting room floor that never made air, but we would just talk about food. We'd be like, so tell me about the recipe that you make. And someone was like, well, first I take this and then I put this in a bowl. And we'd all be like, oh, like your mouth watering. And then I do this. I feel like that would I, be worse. Like I know, but you torture. can't help it. You just talk about food. You think about food. It's like you dream about food. What was like the one food item that you were dreaming about the most? Peanut butter. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I know. That's so I, random. Like, it's something about, maybe it's because it was like, it's salt, sweet, fat, protein. I, I don't know. But I drew, I was like, oh my God, I just want peanut butter. Wow. I like sat down with an entire container of peanut butter when I got voted out and I just ate it with a spoon. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. I think I would dream about mozzarella sticks. I'm a simple girl. Yeah. I just like love me some mozzarella yeah. sticks. All right, Liza, thank you so much oh my for God, being this is on. so much fun. Thanks for yes, having me. Yes, thank you. And if people want to, I mean, obviously uh, you're on the Amazing Grace season. Where else can people find you? Um, on Twitter and Instagram. Pick yourself out, girl. At E Orleans, E-O-R-L-I-N-S. So come find me. My Twitter is more rage-filled uh, political rants and my Instagram is like <laughs> pictures of my dog and travel and my boyfriend and sunsets and happy stuff. So it's like, depending on which Eliza you want, like the really angry <laughs> Eliza or like the happy Eliza, you know, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Thank you so much. Of course. All right. That is a wrap on our episode this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Maybe found some value. Maybe you're feeling a little more resilient after this one. I hope so. Um, let me know. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on the gram at Big Kid Problems or on my personal at Sarah A. Merrill underscore. And if you want to screenshot this episode and post it to your Instagram story and tag me, um, I'll be giving away little prizes throughout this entire season. Um, and also, I just really appreciate it when you guys do that. It's kind of the best. Um, it helps get the word out on the show, which is awesome and just so appreciated. So I wanted to give a big, big thank you to our guests this week. If you want more from them, check out our show notes. Oh, and one more thing. If you are liking this podcast, please, please make sure to rate and review it. It makes a huge difference. And I really do read every review that comes through. Um, so thank you if you've already dropped some love. And if not, it takes like 3.5 seconds. So get on it. 
Um, finally, I know there are a million ways you can spend your hour. So just know that I take your time seriously and I am so thankful to have you spend it with me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope to see you back here next week for a brand new episode. Until then, see you next Tuesday.